I've got to tell you, that stirs me. That stirs me this morning. That stirs me this morning. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord God, that you give me the ability to be able to preach as I hear it in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for that this morning. I pray for the transformation of people. I pray for faith to arise in our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. You ready for the word this morning? You're ready for the word this morning. I, I want you to lean into this message this morning. I, I, I want to be uh, up front with you this morning and say that this is probably going to be one of the most challenging and confronting messages that you'll have heard me preach for a long time. Okay, I, I pray that you hear my heart in this message. I pray that you hear my heart in this message. Uh, please don't feel condemnation. Be released from condemnation this morning in the name of Jesus. I'm not about bringing condemnation. What I want to do is to actually be brutally honest with you about me. I want to be brutally honest about where I'm, I've been at for a long, long time. And I want to share that story with you. And I pray that this morning it causes faith to arise in your heart. This is sort of like uh, a message that is a testimony, but it's also a message, if that makes sense. So I pray that as I speak, you hear my heart. I'm going to start out by reading Acts chapter 3 and a little bit of uh, chapter 4. So just bear with me as I read this, because I think that it, it'll help you to understand where I'm coming from with this message this morning. So uh, Acts chapter 3, uh, starting at verse 1, says this. Peter and John went to the temple one, after, uh, one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter and John looked at him intently and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, began to walk. Then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. And when they realized that he was this, this lame beggar that they'd seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Verse 12 says, Peter saw this opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what's so surprising about this and why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance, 
But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away, that times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. Then Moses said, Anyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. Starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what is happening today. You are the children of those prophets, and you are included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham, through your descendants, all the families on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant Jesus, he sent him first to you people of Israel to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. Chapter 4 verse 1. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. Verse 4, but many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of believers now totaled about 5,000 men, not counting women and children. There is a powerful piece of Scripture, and it goes on into the rest of of chapter 4. But I'm not going to read it for the sake of time this morning. I may, in in the weeks ahead, just refer back to it and and just come back to it. But the question I have for us this morning is, is this. I wonder how much this incident that we see where this, this uh, lame man who's been born for lame, been, been born so, so long lame. He was born from birth. He's 40 years old now. Uh, he's, he's been lame his entire life. How much this incident reminds me of the condition, to be honest, of the church today, where we're content to let people come to beg outside of the, the church but we're not willing to take people into the presence of God that they might be healed. I wonder how this might reflect the condition of the church today. That we're quite happy to go in ourselves, but there's a reluctance for us to take someone else in. The people, they brought him to the gate, they, they left him at the gate and said, your lot in life is to beg. To beg for arms, to beg for money, to beg for favours, but we're going in and you've got to stay out here. This guy gets taken to this beautiful gate to beg. Everyone else gets to go in. They get to worship God, they hear a message, they meet someone, they have fellowship, maybe they do business, maybe they experience God, Whatever. What would it have been like for this lame man to only know that his place is outside of the presence of God, outside of encountering God in that place? People walked straight past him. Perhaps they gave him a coin. Perhaps they gave him an offering. Perhaps not. 
Why don't people see this man? Why don't these people see this man sitting outside? Why don't they take him into the temple? Where is the faith of those walking past this man? I was reminded as I put this message together of Luke 18 verse 8. It says, and this is where uh, Jesus is telling a particular story about someone who's persistent in prayer and stuff. And it says, I tell you, and Jesus says, I tell you, uh, God will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? Who have faith? And this is where I'm going to make this really personal. I am not accusing anyone here of walking past anybody. I'm simply going to talk about my experience, my, my, my walk. Because more times than I would like to admit, I have walked past people with very real needs. I have not seen them, I've not heard them, or had them even come up as a blip on my radar. The truth is that I identified more with the people who walked straight past this beggar went straight into the presence of God, into the temple or into the house of God and didn't even see. I I relate more with those people because more often than not, that's been my experience. I've just walked past. I've been on my merry way. I've been more preoccupied with my own problems, with my own struggles, you know, my own issues in life. I made excuses for not praying for people, not bringing people to Christ, not, not sharing the good news. And I had to question where my faith was. I've had to question what I really believed about what God was capable of doing and doing through me. Can I be real honest with you this morning? Do you you want me to be really honest with you this morning? Because I'll be completely honest with you. For too long I've been content to live with a form of spirituality but without power. In other words, I've had a religious spirit. Because that's what religion is. It's to know what the the, the things about God is, but to to not have the power to do it. Not the power to step out to do it. That's what religion is. That's that's been my, my state, my condition for so long. On the outside, I've looked good. I've had it all together. But on the inside, I've been dry. I've been thirsty. It's been like a desert experience. For me there's been this huge void on the outside my faith appears strong and steadfast and sure but on the inside I've been empty faithless and struggled to maintain even a spark of passion for God no I'm not to be brutally honest I saw more what God wasn't doing than what God was doing Are you okay this morning? I I love you. I'm I'm being brutally honest about me. I am not in any way, shape or form pointing a finger at anyone this morning. I'm talking about me. When I prayed for people, they didn't get healed. They didn't get set free. And their circumstances changed little. I was discouraged and I doubted that God healed. I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. I doubted that God set people free. I certainly doubted that God did miracles anymore. 
But I also knew that God wasn't the problem. (laughs) I also knew that God wasn't the problem. I was. I knew something needed to change. I knew that somebody needed to change. Does something need to change in your life this morning? If so, this is what I did. And perhaps it may help you this morning as we talk about this. Jane and I went on holidays in May of this year. Leading into my holidays, I made a decision. I made a decision that I would go back to basics and put into practice some of my own phenomenal teaching and preaching. (laughs) I thought, you know what? I think God's been talking to me a lot more than he's been talking to other people through my preaching. So whilst on holidays I made some subtle changes that have helped to rekindle and refire my passion for God and his kingdom. This is what I did. I started my day and I ended my day with God's word. You can ask Jane. Uh, We we had some really late nights this week. And and the last thing I did, and, and Jane will verify, I sat up in bed. Jane's wanting to turn the light out and go to sleep. And that's great, you know, because we usually don't go to bed together because I'm like in bed at 9.30, 10 o'clock. That's, I'm an early to bed, early to rise. Jane's a late to bed and late to rise sort of person. Uh, later, sorry. Later person to go to bed. But the last thing I do is I read a devotional and I read out loud God's word to myself. The first thing in the morning I do is I get God's word and I read it out loud to myself. I actually began in the Gospels, and I began to read out loud the red bits, Jesus' word, the red bits. I took to heart Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. I read books authored by people who were actually seeing people healed, set free, and encountering God in a very real, tangible, and life-changing way. I'm not happy to read a book by a person who has a theology without an experience. Does that make sense? I read books by people who lived a lifestyle of miracles, signs and wonders and healings that I wanted. These are the books that I read. Matthew, Mark, Luke. John, Acts. I read some great books by Paul, Peter, and James. Then I also read books by John Wimber. Power Evangelism being one. I read books by Kevin Dedman, Going on a Treasure Hunt. I've read books by Bill Johnson. Hosting the presence, supernatural ways of royalty. I've also pursued people who are living the lifestyle that I want. I've had them lay hands on me and pray for me. 
People like David and Narelle Crabtree from the east coast of Australia, Joaquin and Renee Evans from Bethel Church, John Mellor, a great healing evangelist. And then this week I've actually had David Hogan lay hands on me and pray for me. I believe that laying on of hands and the the gift of impartation is a legitimate biblical thing that happens. There is a transference of what is on someone's life into the life of another. It is transferable because this is what impartation is about. I've begun to deliberately pursue a lifestyle of really living towards the Father. This is what I'm encouraging us to do. If If you're like me, if, if you're, you're, you're cracking on with God, just keep doing what you're doing, baby. Do not change a thing. Just get into God and whatever doing is working for you, continue to do it. Encourage others around about you to do this. Share what, what's working for you. Okay? But if, if you're struggling to see things happen like I've been struggling, then perhaps this may help you this, this morning. I'm inviting people to speak into this church. People who are living the lifestyle that I believe modeled what Jesus would do in his day and the early church. Stay tuned for some speakers coming to this church. I'm believing for in two years' time to have a significant name in this church. You need to be praying for that. You see, something's changed in me. Since my holidays. Gradually, day by day, step by step, the Holy Spirit has touched my inner world. It wasn't just a ta-da, I woke up moment and everything was hunky-dory and and everything's changed and, and stuff like that. Since I've come back from my holidays, I've had ear conditions healed, eyesight healed. There's been other things as well that have happened. I believe I'm a different person than I was five months ago. And it's just simply because of the grace of God. But it starts with a hunger. It starts with knowing that change needs to happen. Because I recognize myself in this story about this lame man. I walk past them. Now when I go shopping... One of the internal questions I'm saying, Lord, is there someone here you want me to talk to? Is there someone you want me to start to engage in a conversation? Is there something that you're wanting me to do whilst I'm out shopping? I've never been more passionate, had a greater hunger for God's presence, or a stronger faith to see people, saved or unsaved, encounter God. I believe the call on my life and on this church is to help people encounter God. That's why we've changed the the purpose statement of our church. We're here to encounter God. Becoming passionate followers of Jesus, equipped to help others encounter Jesus. That's why we exist. That's why we're here. So I declare today, Jesus is not only Lord, but Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive, church. 
I'm increasing my faith by speaking out loud scriptures that reinforce what the Holy Spirit has made available to me as a son of God. To heal people, for the miraculous to happen, for signs and wonders. Scriptures like Luke chapter 9 verse 1, and I preached this a a few weeks ago. One day Jesus called me to him. And he gave me power and authority to cast out demons, all demons, and and heal all diseases. I speak to myself now. Lord God, you've called me to you. You've commissioned me. You've given me the power and the authority to cast out demons. You've given me the ability to heal all diseases. There is not a disease that is not on his hit list to absolutely heal and set people free from. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Look, I've given you, Gary, authority over all the power of the enemy. You can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing's going to injure you. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says, You know God has anointed Gary with the Holy Spirit and with power, and that he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 to 20 says, And Jesus says to us, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes is and is baptized will be saved. And these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. And Gary went around everywhere and preached and the Lord worked through him, confirming what he said by miraculous signs. I'm believing. I'm believing that God's going to bring these things to fulfillment. I'm working on my faith. I'm building up my inner man to rely on the Word of God, not on how I feel. To rely on, my, on the Word of God, what it says and what God can do in a person's life, not on what I'm not seeing God do. Because God is at work in the, in the land today, and He will work through us if we'll start to realign our, our focus to be back on Him. What am I doing? What I'm doing is putting into practice Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world. What does that mean? It means, well, if it's not working, just walk away from it. Give up. You know, just, just give it. Don't worry about loyalty. Don't worry about anything like that. Just walk away from everything. That's the world's way. But the kingdom way is this. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you'll learn to know what God's will for you is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. What am I doing? I'm changing the way that I think to the way that God thinks. I'm realigning my thoughts to his thoughts. My ways to his ways. Why am I doing that? Because I want people to experience this. It's this, this is what it says. And Peter said, I don't have any gold or silver. But what I do have, I'm going to give to you. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Stand up and walk. What I've got, I'm going to give to you. I'm, you know, this is what I want to see happen in my life. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and he helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He, he jumped up and he stood on his feet and he began to, to, to walk. And then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. And when they realized that this was the lame beggar that they'd seen so often in the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade 
made where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. You know, we've got to understand that this man, he he was lifted up from begging to breakthrough. His life moved from the dirt to his destiny. He leapt up into an encounter with Jesus. He began praising God instead of prying money from people. People who walked past this man into the temple were absolutely astounded. And I believe that this is the fulfillment of what God prophesied through his, his King David so long ago in Psalm 145. Listen to this. It says in verse 6 and 7, Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. You know, everyone, when they hear a story about this, when someone who's been born lame for over 40 years, they've lived in this, this condition for 40 years, all they've been used to is a life of begging. Suddenly they see someone who's leaping and praising God and, and walking around, running marathons, doing whatever it is that God has called them to do. Where they saw them before, but now they see them now because they've encountered God, they will be astounded by what they see. And it will Cause them to have a change of perspective that just maybe Jesus is alive. Just maybe Jesus is alive. Psalm 145 verses 10 to 12 says this. Your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom. Your faithful followers will give examples of your power. Say, I'm going to give examples of your power. Say that, I'm going to give examples of your power. I'm going to give examples of your power. What does that mean? You're going, to go, you're going to do it. God's going to use you to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, to cause people who were lame to walk. God's going to use you to do this. I'm going to give examples of God's power. I will tell of his mighty deeds and the majesty and the glory of his reign. I believe that this is how Jesus operated a lot of the time when he was walking the earth. He created an encounter. He healed someone. He cast out a demon. He raised someone from the dead. He opened blind eyes and deaf ears. The lame people walked. Lepers were cleansed and he cast out demons. But then there was an opportunity to preach the good news. There was an opportunity. Getting someone healed, getting them set free or getting touched by God will create an opportunity. Someone encountering God through being healed or receiving a miracle or experiencing a sign and a wonder, they will be given an opportunity. Because this is in, in verse 12, it says, Peter saw his opportunity and then he spoke. See, this is why it's crucial for us to walk in the, in the, the power and the authority of Jesus to see people's lives change because it creates an opportunity that we can speak truth into their lives and bring a transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because we've opened the door. God is real. He does something miraculous. He heals them. He sets them free in some way. It opens a door that we can see this happen. Getting someone healed. Peter saw his opportunity. He saw it and he took it. And as we create an encounter, we create an opportunity. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them about his love. Don't just let it, you know, know, can I pray for you and walk away? No. I believe that God is going to use you. You're going to see people healed. You're going to see people healed right before your eyes. Like we saw uh, the, uh, the gentleman, the pastor, whose voice was, was, was changed before your very hearing. You heard the change in his voice. You too will see these things happen in your world. You'll see them happen in your time. 
where Peter knew uh, where his ability to do this came from. He understood uh, how he had this ability to do this. And listen to this. In verse 12 of chapter 3, it says, um, uh, 12, there we go. It says that through faith in the name of Jesus, through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. You know how, how crippled this man was. He couldn't walk. He had to have people carry him to this place and put him down outside this gate. He, he could not walk on his own. If he wanted to get around, he'd have had to have crawled. You know how crippled this guy was. But Jesus is Lord. Say that to someone this morning. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Sickness is not Lord. Jesus is Lord. Cancer is not Lord. Jesus is Lord. Poverty is not Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And I've got to tell you this morning, Jesus is alive. He's not dead. God raised him to life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And right now, he's praying for you. He's interceding on your behalf right now. He's saying to the Father, Father, send the Holy Spirit. Help him get this in the name of Jesus. Help them get this. Help them get this in their spirit. Help them get this in their heart. Help them get this in their spirit. Help them to start to walk in this, this anointing that I'm, I'm releasing to them by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come on. Come on, drench them, saturate them, overpower them with your, your goodness. I hit the deck like a sack of spuds on Friday night. David Hogan prayed for me. and He prayed for me on the Thursday night. Uh, it was a nice, great experience. But on Friday night, I hit the deck. I haven't hit the deck in years. And I don't do courtesy drops. Either God puts me down or I stand. I'm just being real with you. I'm tired of being pushed over. I had a big case of leg wobble. I just went wang, 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 and then Bang, I hit the deck. Jane says I nearly yanked her arm out of its socket. (laughs) Am I getting up different? You better believe it. You better believe it. There's a fire that has been shut up in my bones for too long. And I would suggest those same fire is burning within you and needs to be released. This man didn't have an accident. And become unable to walk. This man didn't injure himself and suffer an injury. He was born lame. He was born lame. There was a man earlier in the Gospels that was born blind. You see, there were some people that could go around. They they had a gift of healing on their life. And they could set people free. they They could heal those blind eyes. But no one had ever healed someone who'd been born blind before no one had healed someone who'd been born lame before but in this instance we see that Peter has healed a man who was born lame can I say to you this morning that there is no sickness too hard for Jesus to heal there is no sickness, no disease, no, no condition that is too hard for Jesus to heal. 
There is no hopeless case. There's no condition of the spirit, soul, or body that is beyond Jesus' power to heal, to restore, to revive, or to renew. It's faith in Jesus' name has healed these people right before your very eyes. Acts 13, sorry, 3 verse 16 says, faith in Jesus' name. This man became a sign and a wonder to the people in his world. He became a sign and a wonder to the people that walked past him. Faith in Jesus' name. See, this is the thing. We can only give people what we've got. We can only give people what we've got. If we don't have faith in Jesus' name, we won't see people healed. We won't see people set free. We won't see people raised from the dead, the lame walk or the, uh, 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 the, the deaf hear or even speak the good news. The Holy Spirit is not active in us begging. The Holy Spirit is active in faith. What's your faith in this morning? Who's your faith in this morning? If we have nothing, we can give nothing. But if we have faith, we can see people healed. We can see people raised from the dead. We can cast out demons. We can see people be saved by by the the faith in the name of Jesus. You know what? This is what I believe. This is my call in in life. It's, It's Luke chapter 4 verse 18 to 19. And it says this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim captives that that will be released. The blind will see, the oppressed will be set free, that the time of the Lord's favor has come. That's what I believe that God's called me to do and to see. We've been born for such a time as this. You've been born for such a time. You turn to the person next to you, I was born for this baby. I was born for this. I'm rising up in this hour, in this season, in this day, because I believe that God wants to use me to see these things happen in and around my world. Faith in the name of Jesus raises up the broken. Faith in the name of Jesus gets people walking again. Faith in the name of Jesus will cause people to leap for joy. Faith in the name of Jesus will create more opportunities to reveal the love of God. Faith in the name of Jesus will create praise for God. Acts chapter 3 verse 10 it says, When they realized that he was this lame beggar that they'd seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. I love this. I love this. It says, Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. He said, people of Israel, he said, what's so surprising about this? What? So you, someone gets healed and we get, wow, praise. And we should. Okay, don't get me wrong. But there's an area where we're thinking, oh, that's unusual. Why is it unusual? Why is it unusual? should be common. This is normal. This should be normal. This should be normal. Why stare at us as though we have made this man walk by our own power or godliness? Another translation says, why, as though, why do you stare at us as though we made this man walk by our own power or authority? I want to tell you, God has given you power and authority. God has given us that. 
What's so surprising about this man's healing? Why are we so amazed when someone gets healed? Shouldn't it be natural, normal, for someone walking in a lifestyle in the way that Jesus is walking in? Shouldn't this be how we would normally live? It's not in our own power and authority to, that we release miracle signs and wonders. It's because Jesus has called and commissioned us and given us his power and his authority. I'm a rightful heir. As the natural born Jesus was. Whatever Jesus walked in when he was here on the earth, that power and that authority is the same power and authority that God has made available to me through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Exactly the same. Exactly the same. Whatever Jesus did when he walked the earth. So I've got the capacity to stop a storm. I have the capacity to raise the dead. And I'd better be careful how I use it. Because if I'm walking past a cemetery. See, I'm believing now that if I go and visit someone in the hospital. That as I'm walking past rooms of, of sick people. I believe that he who overshadows me, that when my shadow touches them, they get healed. It's called a drive-by healing. We need to see more drive-by healings. It's already been established that 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 happens. In In the New Testament, we see Peter doing that. We see Paul doing stuff, some unusual stuff with miracles. Smith Wigglesworth's on a a train going past a hospital. As he goes past this hospital, people in the hospital are miraculously healed because Smith Wigglesworth drove past in a a train. I I think it was Smith Wigglesworth. I'm pretty sure it was. See, why is seeing people healed, seeing a miracle or a sign and a wonder, abnormal? Why is it an anomaly, an aberration? It should never be. This is how Jesus wants us to walk every day of our lives. I don't have to to manufacture an atmosphere and and, and, and put wonderful praise and worship music. That's all fantastic and great, but I should be naturally supernatural. I'm just living with Jesus. I'm living under the inspiration, the direction, the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I know what I'm saying. This is why it's confronting and challenging. Because this confronts us and challenges us about where we're really at. And this is why. If we actually live the way that Jesus did, in radical obedience to the Holy Spirit, we could not stop the growth of this church. We could not stop revival sweeping across our nation. We couldn't stop it. You couldn't stop it if you tried. Because it says in Acts chapter 4 verse 4, (laughs) Peter and John are doing the right thing. They are absolutely in obedience to the Holy Spirit. They are doing everything that he said, and they still ended in jail. I'm going to tell you, living this sort of a lifestyle is going to create hardship. There's going to be some battles that you're going to have. You may end up in prison. 
But this is the result. He says, many of the people who heard their message believed it. Many of the people who heard their message believed it. Why? Because they saw it and they heard it. They saw a demonstration of the power of God right before their eyes. And you can't deny that. You can't deny that. David Hogan gives the example that there was a particular person. It was the greatest enemy that they had to their ministry and and them as, as, as people. He would make life so hard. He did it for years and years and years. And this is full on, all, all the time. He'd put sugar in their petrol tanks, he'd smash windows, he'd, he'd harass people, he'd, he'd be the greatest ad, uh, enemy. One day, this greatest enemy of theirs dies. And at the funeral, one of, uh, you know, they've got this guy in, in the coffin, one of the pastors on the team goes out into the middle of the funeral, walks up to the coffin and says, take the lid off. And they're saying, what? It's a funeral. Have a bit of respect. No, take the lid off. Takes the lid off. I command you, the spirit come back into him. And everyone's looking, what a crackpot. Until he sits up in his coffin looks at the pastor and says, you did this to me, didn't you? <laughs> Gets out of the coffin. He's down on his knees. What have I got to do to be saved? What have I got to do to be saved? See, people are going to believe the message because we walk in the power and the authority as a... Just as a son and a daughter of God. As a son and a daughter of God. Does that make me God? No. What I'm saying is I'm a natural boy. I'm a co-heir with Christ. He seated me in the heavenly realm. So here's the challenge of my message this morning. Are you ready for a challenge? If I haven't challenged you already. (laughs) Here's the challenge of my message this morning. When was the last time you personally had an encounter with God that resulted in you sharing your faith with someone else who wasn't a Christian? When was the last time you healed someone who was sick? I'm challenging myself. This is, I'm asking myself these questions as well. When was the last time I raised someone from the dead? When was the last time I opened blind eyes or deaf ears? When was the last time I cast out a demon? When was the last time I saw someone saved? When was the last time? See, if you are like me, either you can't remember because it never happened yet, 
or it was such a long time ago that it really is just great, it's powerful time, but let it, it, it's so long ago, there's nothing fresh. See, I don't want to be one of those people that always talks about a move of God that we had years ago. I want to go back to the good old days. As good as the good old days were, and, and fantastic as they were, I don't want to go back to the good old days. Because I believe that what God's doing is a fresh thing, a new thing. It's a normal thing. Is it time to regain the passion we once had and become someone's encounter with God? Let's stand. Psalm 85 verse 6 says this Revive us again O God Revive us again O God Revive us again O God Just uh, an attitude of prayer Just close your eyes Don't look around This is between you and God this morning See, I, I believe that God wants me to, to pray for and lay hands on some people this morning. You're not coming to me, but you're coming, coming to what God has done in me. The Holy Spirit's been at work in my life over the last five months or thereabouts. And I believe in the gift of impartation. I believe that when you take a match that's a light and you bring it towards another match that's not a light, that when one touches the flame of the other, that they both burst into flames or that the new one bursts into flames. I'm believing that God will start a chain reaction where we become supernaturally natural and naturally supernatural. So this morning, I, I want to pray for those of you who feel lame. That you've not been able to walk. That you've just resigned to a life of begging God to do different things. I want to pray for you this morning. And let you know that you're not a beggar, you're a king. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. I want to pray for you. I want God to heal your inner world so that you can stand up and walk. I want to pray for you so that you can walk in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I want to pray for those who haven't leapt joyfully and praised God for a long, long time. I want to pray for you this morning. I'm believing this morning for a change.
If you want prayer in any of these areas this morning, I want you to lift your hands to heaven. In the name of Jesus, I release a hunger and a thirst for your presence, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, saturate us again. Flow over us once more. Refire and rekindle us in the name of Jesus. Stir our faith this morning in the name of Jesus. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I release what you're doing in me through your people. Releasing, Lord God, rivers of living water out of my innermost being in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I release it now. Holy Spirit. Can we sing that uh, Heroes in Heaven song, please, while you're singing that? Okay, I'm just going to get the team to sing that second song, Heroes in Heaven. If you want me to pray for you personally, I'll just ask you to come out the front and I will pray for you and impart, because I believe in the laying on of hands. I believe that things are imparted that way. Uh, as I don't have to touch you. I mean, it's just, uh, I just also believe that this, this can happen. So if you'd like prayer this morning, come out the front. We're going to pray and believe for God to do something powerful. Amen.